Everything else is imaginary other than the moment that you're living right now. Everything else is just a figment of your imagination from the past or a figment of your imagination from the future. This is not the kind of life your, your family wanted for you. This is not the life I wanted for myself. At the time, I think through having a relationship in a nine to five, you can end up feeling very weak as a man. If you admit that other people are doing better than you at your age, then, then obviously you fucked up somewhere along the road. I never understood why I needed God. I have a girlfriend, but if I want to sleep with a girl, I, I will and I will tell my girlfriend about it and she understands that. You have to have a period of time where you're not going to be good at it and I just preferred I'm going to do that period of time in Thailand you can have the physique but if you don't feel like you can protect yourself there'll always be something missing this will probably upset a few people but I'll give you my opinion on this how have you noticed the money in your life change and the business change by getting your body in the shape that's in everything's going to be all right no matter what my challenges are now they're for a reason and they're guiding me towards the person I need to be act now and the guidance will come first things first guys before we get started with this podcast Do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now. Whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremoval.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremoval.com. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast and today I have got for you a man that has grown up in my local area. He's absolutely sent it on YouTube. He's called, he's known as the CEO of Testosterone. This man is going to absolutely rattle your brains with information that's going to absolutely send it for you to the next level. Jack Hopkins, welcome to the show, my man. Good to meet you, Frankie. Pleasure to be here. Mate, it's a, it's epic to have you have you here, man. Like obviously, me and you grew up in a similar area, and I've watched your growth on YouTube and everything you're doing, and I've seen how much changing countries and, and changing your narrative and your environment has 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 evolved your life. Right. I just want to give people a bit of an insight into into obviously the the area we grew up in and how you grew up and what you went through and why you had to even change your life and change your country in the first place. Well, for us, we, we grew up in Peterborough, right? Yeah. So and my, my childhood was not particularly bad at all. I had quite a nice childhood and, and great parents as well, which I, I still got on very well with. A lot of my problems actually came when I went to university. I went to Bournemouth for university, and I think I was just at a time in my life where I, I wanted to be free. I didn't know how to do that at the time, and I just ended up falling into drink and drugs. And uh, did that for quite a few years in, in, in Bournemouth before I before I sort of sorted myself out. And, and what came around to me was that I'd always had grand visions for my life. When I was a young man growing up, I'd always thought like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a G. I'm going to be, I actually wanted to be an actor when I was younger. I did a lot of auditions when I was younger and did a few small parts and a, a lot of plays and that sort of stuff, which people don't know about me. Um, but I, I wanted to do that. And then when I got to uni, it kind of seemed that that wasn't going to happen anymore. So I started drinking started doing drugs, ended up selling drugs for a little bit. And then I got to a point where I was doing so, so, so much drugs and alcohol that I was just anxious all the time. And especially if you're selling drugs, you, you're going to get anxious when you see police. And I was starting to get visions of where my life was heading. And it was just so far removed from what I ever thought I'd end up doing as a young man. So I remember I, I had a couple of, of scary incidents where I was coming back to the house and there was police near the house and I was, I was not doing anything major at the time, but I was paranoid, very, very paranoid. 
And I just thought, look, you've got to stop doing this. This is not. This is going to end very badly. And this is not the kind of life your, your family wanted for you. This is not the kind of life I wanted for myself. So I started with, uh, I, I got a normal job. I got a sales job uh, in Bournemouth because I needed something to straighten me out. And I'd always been a good talker. I'd done sales before. So I got a sales job and that was really tough for me. I was, I was going through a lot of anxiety and trying to sort my mind out at this time. And the training for that job actually helped me massively. I did a load of sales training, like two weeks sales training, got into that job and I decided to sign up for an MMA fight. And it was that MMA fight mixed with the new job that really started to turn. The first bit of sort of turning my life around was in was in Bournemouth and I got a sort of stable girlfriend for a bit and that gave me a baseline of like, okay, my mind's clear now. I've given up booze and alcohol. I had this fight and I trained really, really hard for it and I ended up winning that fight, which you, you guys can find on YouTube uh, on my channel but I won that fight and that gave me this new level of confidence as a man. I was like, okay, you're back on track. You're, you're back being the guy you wanted to be. I started to feel proud of myself again. I started to feel good with where my life was heading. And that went on for about a year and I, I was saving money at the time. I had this in my head. I was like, I want to get 10 grand saved. If I have 10 grand, I could probably do anything I want. Like, to me, it was a lot of money to have 10 grand and have my girlfriend. We lived together. So costs weren't that bad. And so I saved up money. And I got my 10 grand and at this point, my nine to five had become the the way I was thinking about life before when I was doing drugs. I was like, okay, this isn't how I wanted my life to go. When I was sitting at the nine to five, I was like, this is way better than where I was. But now I'd sorted my head out and I was I was starting to get itchy and I was like, I need something else. I, I, want, I want to do something more with my life. Uh, so I made quite a hard decision at the time to, to break up my girlfriend because there wasn't anything particularly wrong with us. We, we didn't have particularly bad relationships. She was a very nice girl. But I just felt like I needed to go and, and do something more in my life. And at the time, I was getting very into the gym. And I felt like I had quite low testosterone. At the time, I think through having a relationship in a nine to five, you can end up feeling very weak as a man. And, and I certainly didn't. I don't think that was any, anything to do with my girlfriend. I think it was purely my fault. I'd taken my foot off the gas. And uh, when we broke up, I got back into the gym. And I, I moved back to my mum's house. I got back into the gym and I started posting it online because I decided through, through building my personal brand, I was like, okay, I want to, I think I want to be a personality again. I want to be someone that goes online. So I started posting myself in the gym, posting pictures and stories of me going to the gym. And then I decided I was going to be a, a personal trainer online. So I started doing that. I started getting clients online and I started boosting my own testosterone. Um, a few natural ways I, I did that and I actually managed to triple my own testosterone levels I do incredibly low testosterone for a young man did you get tested and your blood's tested to establish that you had low t- low test yeah so th- that was one of the first things I did I read a very good book by Tim Ferriss uh four hour body um and he talked about testosterone in there and then I got my bloods checked and I was like wow I'm, I'm, I'm massive down to, I think it was about high 300s which is low very low you shouldn't be anywhere near that when you're 22 years old and um, so I got that tested, put together a protocol for a lot of sort of trial and error, put a protocol together for natural testosterone boosting, tried a lot of different supplements, the vitamin D, um, you can do cod liver oil morning and night, butter oil morning and, light and night, um, you need to have some sort of nut, so I, I can't have, they say you should have uh, Brazil nuts in the evening, they're very good for boosting your testosterone, I, I have pistachios because I'm allergic to Brazil nuts, uh, you should have eggs because cholesterol is a precursor to testosterone. Uh, so you can have eggs before bed. That's a great booster. 
Uh, about 10,000 IUs of vitamin D I was on per day, which a lot of people say is too much, but worked massively for me. And then I ended up getting my testosterone levels uh, over the next few months up to like high 900s, 956, I think, nanogram per deciliter, which is a good testosterone level. And I really felt it. And I was living at my mum's and I, and I had this idea after having that sort of boosting confidence from the testosterone. I, I was like, okay, I want to, I don't think I can make it here as a, online person because I'm just too much like everybody else yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was back in Peterborough at this time and I obviously had my friends and they were supportive but you, they they everyone says things when you first get online you first start going on your journey because you, you crabs in a bucket yeah you and you you are a bit I think when I look back at my content I was a bit weird I, I, I was saying weird things and I was finding my flow but you absolutely have to do that you have to have a period of time where you're not going to be good at it and, and I just preferred, in my head, I was like, I'm going to do that period of time in Thailand where nobody knows me and I can recreate myself as a person. And so I moved, I got on a, a one-way flight, still, still sort of COVID times. Um, I had to jump through quite a lot of hoops and do quarantines and stuff in Thailand, but eventually I got there. And Thailand changed my life because I think one of the main things about Thailand that really changed things for me was when I got there, obviously I was different to everybody else who's normally on the internet doing online PT stuff. And I also got a huge boost in confidence because Thai people are so friendly. Thai people are so nice. And they, they really, they like you. They, they, they like your personality and they like you for who you are. And they, they certainly, for me, I had great experiences in Thailand. I started to get a big confidence boost, started to make content, and I, I bumped into Hamza, the YouTuber, if you, yeah. you probably yeah, heard I, of him. I, I, yeah. know, I know Hamza, yeah. So I bumped into Hamza in the gym. And that's one thing I will say is it's incredibly important to be in good shape because the only reason me and Hamza spoke was because I was in great shape at that point. I was, I was looking really good in the gym and he was, he was training hard as well. So you have that mutual respect when you're looking to network with someone. And we chatted with each other a little bit. I didn't really know who Hamza was. A friend of mine had mentioned he was a YouTuber. I didn't really know much about him. So there wasn't really any of that fan dynamic there. Yeah. So we got on well as friends and then we ended up meeting again in a Muay Thai gym and then we sparred each other. I think when you spar with someone, you, you, get, a, you get a new level of respect, don't you? A hundred percent. And we got that level of respect with each other and we started to build a relationship there. And, and he said to me when we were hanging out, he's like, mate, I can't believe you're not on YouTube yet. I can't believe you're not doing any YouTube. So I did a few videos of him uh, to start off and then I just went on a rampage. I, I I did about 150 days back to back, just daily vids on the YouTube um, because I needed to. I was I was at another point where I was not making enough money. I was not making enough money in Thailand to sustain my life. I had about five grand debt on an Amex credit card. I had to buy my own courses with my credit card to liquidate my cash from my credit card because I couldn't take it out of a cash machine in Thailand. Wow. So I was very very close. I'd been there about five months at this point with my ten grand. And I was doing some online personal training, but it wasn't working for me the way it should be. And I was still spending too much. So I was very, very close to having to go home. But I just decided in my head, I was like, I'm not going home. I'll do anything it takes to not go home. Even if that means getting a girlfriend and just living with her for a bit in Thailand, I'm not going home. And that gave me the motivation to do those 150 days. And after those 150 days, I, I had an audience which took off fairly quickly. And we turned that into a business, which was originally testosterone course uh, with a WhatsApp group about self-development. That was my first thing that I did. And we stopped that now. And 
now what I do is more of a higher level uh, business networking group called the New Elite, which is like for six, seven figure entrepreneurs, guys that want to move out to Thailand, that want to escape the nine to five, that sort of thing. So that that's what I do now. But then that obviously that business has evolved all from all from the YouTube. And that sort of brings me to where I am now, where the business New Elite has just done $65,000 last month, which is a... Uh, which is mad when you think about where you started. <sighs> so from... How are you? What? How many? Two years in now? One year into? This I am. Journey? I'm less than a year into YouTube. Yeah, less than a year into YouTube. Yeah. And, and you've already sm- nearly a hundred k. Yeah, just under a hundred k at the moment, mate. Honestly, you smashed it. Because like, because I know how hard it is myself coming from the UK, especially the environment that we our our area that we both grew up in. It's very like middle class. You know that the the aspiration is literally the forty grand a year and the BMW on the driveway is the aspiration of the town of the town of the of the city that we're yeah. from. Like it's really hard to break out that mold and challenge the narrative. When when you're at the point back there where you where you didn't have uh, the the money, how did you maintain the vision to know to back yourself at that point? Because I think a lot of people there's there's two places people struggle. People struggle with backing themselves in the initial to take the leap. And to book the flight, a lot of people talk a good game and don't do fuck all. Yeah. And then, and then there's the other point where they, where they're, they're, they're three feet from gold, but they, but they have to, but they, but they book that flight home. So how did you overcome that and, and, and get to that point? For me, I had a, I had a period of, of, of time where I actually realized I was perfectly happy with nothing. I had a period of time in Thailand where I realized I was not going to wait to be happy. Uh, with my situation I just decided I'm happy now like I, I started to appreciate things that I already had uh, my health my family um, where I was in the world and the fact that I was taking a leap and kind of going for the things I wanted in my life and it was actually at that switch it was that switch of me going look I don't I'm not going to wait to have money to be happy I'm just going to be happy now and do my best and I, I know at the end of the day the worst comes to worst I fly home my parents will be there I can live with them for a bit we'll regroup and we'll go again there was never any risk for me there's never any risk in my mind. Failure was never a risk because I've always felt like if I didn't do it, that would be the biggest failure of all. So f- that so that the, was the main the, thing the, for me. The risk, I suppose, is what is what your perception of where you're meant to be as a human, right? Yeah. Like if you think you're meant to be over there when you're over here, you've just took yourself out of the present moment essentially, and you, you're you're prejudging your journey as if you should be there. It's like I used to get involved in my head, Jack, like in thinking about, oh, oh you know, why is my, why is the why is the podcast on YouTube not at hundred k when we're doing this much on Apple and Spotify? It's like, but as soon as you start getting involved in these competitions, you, you fuck yourself. You know, you're not moving forward. I agree, and I think there's a lot to be said. Um, the book by Echo Tolhart, The Power of Now, that was a big one for me. Kind of turn turn things for me because if you start to really live in the moment and enjoy what you're doing in your life, you you have to really realize that you're never going to live in any other moment than now. You, you you will get there in the end but everything else is imaginary other than the moment that you're living right now everything else is just a figment of your imagination from the past or a figment of your imagination from the future and it can be good to vision things and know where you're going but for me I've got huge relief from just okay is there any problems I've got immediately now and at the time it was like okay I'm five grand in debt but I do still have a bit of cash can I eat yes do I have rent yes is there a problem no so I could have worried, yeah, obviously I don't have rent for next month, but that's not a problem right now. What, what can I do right now? Okay, let's make a YouTube video. That's going well. 
how can we monetize that? Okay, let's let's put a course together out of what we have knowledge on. Okay, you've tripled your own testosterone levels. Let's do a course around that. How can you, you've, you've done a self-development journey. Build a community around that. And it just was step by step. Like, what, what can we do with the situation we've got now? We're not going to freak out about it because there's just no point. It's not going to help. Was there any people giving you the advice on how to put around the monetization around your content and around your knowledge? Let me have a think about that. I had read a lot on this kind of stuff. I'd, I'd always been a, a bookworm, so I'd, I'd read a lot of self-development stuff. I'd read a lot of like Tim Ferriss' four-hour work week. I'd read a lot of books on finance and money and, and, and online business. So I, I kind of knew in my head what I should do. I had an idea. I knew that how the core system worked. I, I knew that there was people winning from it. And uh, Hamza certainly gave me some help as well because he was doing a, he, he had an aesthetic body course that he was just had underneath his YouTube video links that was bringing in passive income for him, as well as his like uh, revenue from his, from his views. So he certainly gave me some help and he recommended I do like a Stripe link on my channel where people could buy my mentorship if they wanted to speak to me. He was like, just stick a 2K, stick a 2K mentorship package up there where you speak to people on the phone, just in case they really like your channel and they want to speak to you. And I started selling those. I, I, I'd normally get about one of those a month, and that was huge for me at the time. I remember it, offs- it offsets all your content creation massively. And I remember the first time I ever got one, I was laying in bed. I have a girlfriend uh, from Thailand, and and she was with me before I did any YouTube or anything. I was laying in bed, and I, I freaked out. I was I was going crazy. I was so buzzed because I had two grand, and it was wild. I was so close to broke. I was I was literally needed it so bad and this 2k came in we started getting sales on the testosterone course it blew my mind but don't you don't you think though that those that 2k that meant so much to you then it's the same as like earning you know you talk about the 65k you've done this month and you know you're going to go up from there you're going to soon it won't take you long to hit 100 and start doing things like that but that first 2k will be will always be ingrained on your memory because of how yeah. much you gave in order for that to happen yeah, mate, I was just thinking that yesterday because obviously I see my stripe come in and made four or five grand yesterday and it, it's, uh, I'm accustomed to it. It's, it's usual and I've got a business now and I, I run things and I, I was thinking back to that 2K and it felt unbelievable at the time. It would be the equivalent of getting 200,000 in a day to me now. That, that's what it would be like, that feeling of, of relief from that, from that money. Well, I think, I think even if you got the 200,000, right, or when you get the 200,000, eat even even that won't feel the same because what that 2k allowed that 2k proved your concept yeah that 2k proved that you had that you had place in the marketplace that someone valued what you did and 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 they paid you and then that obviously said to you okay i can sh- i should continue with this because there's legs in it i think that's that's something you never get again as an entrepreneur the first time you make money online i don't care if it's one dollar the first time someone pays you on a stripe account one dollar online is the day your life changes because you cannot ever go back to swapping your time for money in a job because that feeling is, is fucking incredible. Yeah, when you find out about the internet money, everything changes. And and it's and it's real. I mean, look, look, the majority of my money online has been made by selling services. Right? It's not the it's not the it's not the best model, but it's high, it's a highly profitable model that allows you to to scale and do other things. But with you, you've took it a step further, and obviously you're in the you're in the creation model. So I, I presume that five grand you made yesterday was completely passive, right? Yeah, I, I didn't. Well, actually, I run a text. I have text sales for my group, right? So I was replying to texts. Yeah, we're building out a system to have other people doing that. 
So slightly, it is passive as in they get, everything gets sent to them once they've checked out, but nobody can check out and buy my stuff without speaking to me first because I'm, I'm actually building a community of guys I, I want to be around. Yeah. Uh, the guy you were with earlier, Dario, we met through my group, uh, New Elite. And it's guys like, at the moment, I've, I've got a fairly small network. I want to find guys to level up with and, and go further with. So I vet everyone that comes through on Telegram, ask some questions, see what they're like. And we were trying to weed out people that are not serious. And you don't have to be a millionaire or anything, but it, it's more about the mindset. What kind of guy are you? And if, if I see something in myself that that I had before or some guy that's maybe he's in a nine to five, he's got a bit of money saved, but he's he's ready to do the work. And then we teach him. We, we, then we'll teach him how to do it. We have like a high ticket sales academy, teach him how to make online income, how to build a personal brand, how to build, how to move to Thailand. And then you've got obviously the, the telegram groups where people communicate in meeting up around the world. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's fairly passive. Um, I just do a bit of texting to make sure it's guys that, that we want in there. From what you've, obviously you've spoken to hundreds of guys, what do you find is the thing that holds most back from taking action in their lives? Everybody, I think, suffers from a lack of belief in themselves at, at points, and I certainly have, and I think that we probably can agree with that as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, that that when normally it's yourself that holds you back, and it's literally all in your own mind. Uh, you can do anything, and maybe that comes from you, you didn't get enough attention when you were younger, or people said nasty things to you, and, and that's sort of got embedded in your mind. But I think m- most of us hold ourselves back. For me, you, you've got to break down the barrier between... Where the, where the people are that, that you want to be like and, and where you are currently. And, and if you're arrogant, which I've been in the past, you can put the barrier there yourself and you'll say, I'm not buying anything online. It's all a scam. And I said that for a lot of years. I said, oh, yeah, it can't, it's all these courses and stuff like networks. I was like, there must be a scam. There's no, there's no way anyone's making that kind of money. And I was lying to myself to make myself feel better. I was like, you're in this situation. If you admit that other people have, are doing better than you at your age, then, then obviously you fucked up somewhere along the road. And for me, it was getting over that. And I bought my first course. I bought my first course um, online. And it, I, it genuinely changed my life. It genuinely changed my life. It showed me how to build a personal brand. It put me in a community of entrepreneurs, which was the huge thing um, that I could speak to on Zoom. And I started figuring out, wow, there's guys out there making amazing money online. There's there's guys living these lives and going on YouTube and doing all this stuff. And it, it just opened my eyes. A lot, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the power of, of, of networks. I think I've I spent 20 grand so far on courses and networks and stuff and masterminds this year alone. And I'll, I'll continue to do it because every little one, every, every one you go to, you only need one thing. You only need one connection out of it. You only need to hear one thing slightly differently and it pushes you to that next level. You just need, you just, I think essentially what you're saying is you just need something to drop in. And it could be a conversation with matey down the road, but it, but it could be in this mentorship group. There's this, anybody can say anything to anyone essentially, right? I could say, I could give you loads of it. You could ask me loads of advice about podcasting. I could tell you, but then you might meet some podcaster in your mentor group. And just by the way he says it, it could drop into your mind differently and connect with you on a different level to just, move you move you forward 10,000 steps in one move and that's the power of mentorship and being around around the right community yeah and I think manufacturing your relationships with the people around you uh, often sounds bad to people when they say like um, that they don't they don't want to be disloyal to their original friends and you probably had this as well like you've got original friends and I have as well which I absolutely love but they're not uh, doing the things I want to do 
And, and the quickest way to get out of that and become the person you want to become is to get new friends because the, the pack will bring you up with them. It's so much harder to go against the pack in either way. So if, you're, if the pack that you're rolling with is destructive, it's going to destroy you no matter what. No matter how strong-willed you are, if you keep hanging out, out with those people, you'll be the same as them. But it works the other way around. If you're with five guys, they're absolutely killing it and you'll become the sixth. No matter how hard you try not to, those guys are going to bring you up if they keep you around. And that, that, that was incredibly important to me because I always felt a sense of loyalty to friends um, that I'd had from young. And it's not that I've ever said to them, look, we're not friends anymore, but you just got to make the distance if you really want to go for what you want in your life. So, so what I've done with, in regards to friends is I've, not, I've, I've still got the, 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 the close group of five mates that I had when I was back in Peterborough and I'm still friends with them today. And when I'm in Peterborough, I catch up with them all the time and this, that, and the other, and it's fine. And some of them are doing... Some of them are doing great. Some of them have had struggles, whatever, whatever. They're, they're all doing as good as they can with the information that they have. Yep. What I had to do on a personal level was I had to to not lose those friends, but change my environment and put myself around a different set of five friends to be able to level up. And then it's like after, after that got real old real quick in Australia, after being there eight and a half years, I thought, right, it's time to level up again. I need to change my environment again. And that, is that something you've, you've, you think you'll find with Thailand next? A hundred percent. So my Thailand journey, I went to Koh Samui first and I've spent ne- nearly a year and a half there, which has been unbelievable. Such a beautiful place. If you've never been, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest places on earth. But I'm, I'm bored of island life now. I'm doing business. I need to be around more people. So I'll be moving to Bangkok. Yeah. I'll be moving to Bangkok now, which is a great city. You can get to Dubai. You can get to various other places. Um, I don't think I'll be moving out of Thailand, but I've certainly changed my circle. Uh, that's for sure. My, my circle changes fairly regularly. Obviously, it's now a lot of my guys that are coming in through the new elite uh, do make up my circle. And then I've I made a very good friend called Bill in Koh Samui. I've met him about probably two months into my journey there. and He's ended up being my partner in, in the courses and all that stuff. So I hang, hang out a lot with Bill, really good guy who was on exactly the same journey as me. And we just ended up finding each other in uh, in Kosamui of all places, and becoming great friends. So it's really, it's incredible where you find people when you put yourself out there. I do believe you take the action and you you start to do the things that should make your life better, and you put in the effort. Uh, and I'm I'm religious now, so I believe God will guide you. I believe it's funny you talk about religion, and I I saw you slightly kind of pause before you talk about it, and I I feel the same way. Like in the last twelve months, I've I've found it because. You can't go on a journey like what me and you are going on without understanding that God's real and finding God in some way. And it's not to be like woo-woo or to alienize people by talking about it like that, but we have to be more open to talking about it because there, there, there has to be something that guides you bigger than yourself, right? If, if you don't have that, you'll always feel like there's a piece of you missing. So I went around the world for fucking years, years and years and years, living in the most exotic places, having the fucking best views on the planet earning money online and i'm like fuck i'm empty why was i empty because i because i because i did, I, I thought i need to discover what what do i need to give back to the world okay that's the podcast for me right okay and then once you start giving back and you start feeling better because you're actually serving the world rather than just serving the world for money then things started to open up and then those channels open up and you start to get connected that way is that something you found yeah i felt that massively i think a large part of me a large part of me being off the path when I was younger was was that I didn't have I didn't feel like I had something to follow I, I, I love the idea of God and religion no matter what religion you are because I love the idea of somebody watching me when when nobody else is uh, to keep me accountable to myself and I found that 
uh, I've stopped doing things that you, you you won't get caught for. There's little things you can do every day. Maybe you cut a corner here and there. And I hold myself more accountable now because I always feel like someone else is watching. And I feel that's made me a better person. And it also, when you've got something to think about, when you've got something to rely on and and guide you and just think, look, everything's going to be all right. No matter what my challenges are now, they're for a reason. And they're guiding me towards the person I need to be. Yeah, you get a f- comfortable feeling in your life of 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 being. You can you can deal with stress. You can deal with things because you feel guided, and and you feel whole. Yeah, is it the first time you've ever felt whole? Because when when I when I decided, I made that definite decision. Okay, I be, I believe in God, right? And I I and and like I'm not gonna fucking go out telling the world and preaching all this stuff to people because that's just not me. But once I decided that that was it, I was like, ah. Oh, Maybe that was that 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 uh, that felt a bit different. That was that maybe that's that was definitely what I was missing. Because if you don't have that belief, I believe that you'll you'll always, uh, to some degree, like oh, I've got everything, all this material stuff, and yeah. I, and I, I, I why, why am I not happy? Mate, a hundred percent. I think uh, the material stuff, especially, it's great to have, and I, I think money's very very important, and, and you should have it. And it's, and it's righteous to have it because of the things you can do with it and you can look after people. And I think it does make people better. I don't think money is evil at all. Um, but I think you need, you certainly need more in your life. You need more. And uh, yeah, religion for me has been a, a new journey. And I don't know if I'm completely whole yet, if I'm being honest with you, because I'm, I'm, I'm 24 and I've, I've got things to find, but I certainly feel better. And I think I've very much come to terms with like, I'm 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 not trying to fix the outcome to life so much, which I always wanted. When I was younger, I was always set on like I need to do this by this age and then do this after this and I'm gonna be this person by this age. Now I just go with the flow. I just I, I just go all on action. I just try my best each day, do what best I can with the situation and the outcomes I've let go because I know I'm guided. And I've also become very comfortable with the idea of death. Uh, oh, oh, bro, I feel you on this. Yeah. yeah, talk into it. The idea of death before would scare me, and I've just felt now that I'm not worried by that because it is just part of life. It, I believe in a in a realm afterwards. I believe in a life afterwards. I don't believe things end here. I believe I can. I think death's such a taboo subject and and hurts families so much when it shouldn't. I think if you look back into it ancient cultures they dealt with death so much better they'd have a celebration of life he got his time on the planet even if he was taken early we, we mourn death and we, we mourn should, death. and we and, and we should actually celebrate it because yeah. the way i understand life now for me is that you come you come you come to this earth right like a like a tv remote control essentially you have a lot of buttons usually established by the time you're eight years old that people can press and get reactions out of you and cause and cause you and and you'll keep reacting in the same way and your whole goal on this planet is to go through life and remove as many of those buttons that people can press as possible answer the karmic destiny and 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 elevate and and do as much as you can and raise your consciousness in so that you can go and serve the world how you're meant to be serving the world so the question for a lot of you listening to this if you got to this point in the podcast is like am i serving the world is what I'm doing serving a greater cause? Like, it, it, because if you don't ask yourself that question and get real honest with yourself with the answer, then that there lies the problem. Because you're not, if you're not willing to be radically honest with yourself in that moment, 
then then you can't you have to question every fucking narrative that you think because if you don't that is where you are left feeling less whole than you should be 100 percent, i agree with you that's an interesting way of looking at it that i've i've not looked at it that way before but no i, I totally agree i think it's been a, a great guiding force for me in my life and I'm, I'm still on that journey i'm i'm really actually not too decided uh what what religion i am i've been going quite deep into uh buddhism because it's the prevalent yeah religion in thailand and the, a lot of the temples there are obviously buddhist and that's where i started to pray i had periods of my life where i first started to pray and uh my life's turned out very, very well so my belief in god is 100 percent there do you know what the thing is, Jack? Right, it doesn't. People get hung up on which God's which, but it doesn't matter. Like it, 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 it just have something—a belief in something bigger than yourself. Whatever resonates with you, and whatever you feel called and guided to do, do with that. Don't worry about any outside judgment from other people, and start getting involved in that because now you're getting involved in this comparison narrative that's not going to serve you anyway. It's like. Buddhist, Christian, Muslim, however you want to be, Jewish, doesn't, doesn't, it, 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 that's really, that is where society misses the whole point. The whole point isn't that. That's where they get wrapped up in. It's, there's something way bigger than that on the other side of answering that whole narrative of, of having to label it. You don't have to label it. Essentially, that's what stops people finding it in the first place, the label that they have to attach to it. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people, looking back on, on my childhood, stopped you finding religion is the fact that it is uh often forced down your throat by by people that are the i don't know not the people that that you admire i remember just i I really don't think somebody should uh be forced into a religion or even too much told about a certain type of religion before they hit 18 because i i never understood why i needed god I, i never understood why i needed god in my life before that age because i i didn't have enough and and this is just me personally and other people will, but I didn't have enough hardship in my life. So I didn't understand why, why I needed God and I didn't understand the concept and why a man would need sort of like a guardian and someone to guide him. I never understood that. So when you're trying to, people trying to make you have a religion or something when you're younger, I went to Church of England school. I think it's, uh, it can be tough for a young guy because then you, you have a problem with authority at that age and you, you end up throwing away the thing that's, that's, that will be one of the biggest guiding factors in your life. You throw it away at a young age because you, you're annoyed by it because you're at school and you, you don't take it seriously. Because someone's trying to drive it down your throat. Yeah. You, need, you, need, you need to find it on your, on your, on your own course. You and if you don't... If, has, has, has finding this now... Because obviously, from the outside looking in, I've, I've, I've consumed your content before. I probably have, I've known of you online probably the last 12, 14 months maybe. Um, I've seen your YouTubes, especially more over the last six months. I've watched a few of you, uh, your stuff on testosterone and stuff like that. Because obviously, at, at the age I'm at, I'm, I want to keep high and you know, keep. I had my test on the other day and I am high, right? But will your content change now you've found this? Because obviously, some of the other topics you talk about on your channel are more like out there topics, like you know, the gaming stuff in terms of like gaming and, and dating and stuff like that. And gaming women, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Will some of that have to change now that you've started to become more awake to that topic? Okay, I'll, I'll give you. This will probably upset a few people, but I'll give you my opinion on this. Um, where I, I've, I've seen my whole life, the majority of relationships men have with women uh, be unharmonious at some point, and the reason I think that is 
is because men have an innate desire to want to be with multiple women. And at some point down the line, every single man that I've met has got a problem like the way we talk about wives and, and girlfriends in the West is that they're the ball and chain, like they're this nagging partner and it's all over uh, media and everything. That That's where it is, like the dopey husband and this nagging partner. And, and I've saw that. And I just decided personally for me, that's not how I want my life to be. And the main thing holding me back from having a nice relationship with a girl was the fact that I, I felt inside that I was still attracted to other women. Even if I loved the girl with all my heart, there was still other women walking by that I would like to sleep with. And rather than go against that, and and, it, and probably would be the righteous path to go against that and, and cut it off and just devote myself to one woman, I've decided to expand into seeing multiple women but being completely honest. So I, I'm just honest about everything that I do. So I have a girlfriend... Um, but if I want to sleep with a girl, I, I will. And I will tell my girlfriend about it. And she understands that. And she she loves me so much that she wants me to be happy. And I'll look after her, provide for her. And uh, we're totally honest with each other. And and that sort of... So for me, I think a lot of that content will stay around because I do believe in it. Uh, even if maybe it is taboo and, and against things, I just believe in... I don't believe in making yourself unhappy. And I don't believe that many of the relationships I see are righteous at all because uh, there's this backstabbing element that I think is far worse than just being honest and going for what you want of of badly talking about your partner behind their back every day because oh I can't go out because of the missus or yeah I've got to stay in with the missus and then saying to your boys oh yeah look at her and fancy and every girl you see but not doing anything about it for me that's weak I, I think uh, men should be able to go for what they want and be honest and uh, give a woman the chance obviously to say that's not for me I'm looking for a guy that's just for me or accept it. Isn't there another element, the other side of the coin though, where where if a man exercises self-control, that is what a man is meant to do. So if you're with a woman and you exercise the self-control to not go and sleep with the next woman that, that, that looks attractive, that element of self-control there, isn't that part of the righteous path of being a man as well? I think you're right, yeah. I, I think it definitely is. It just wasn't particularly a, a path that I can currently take. I, I don't I don't believe do you, do you think do you think though that's a path that will change with with age? Obviously, obviously for for, for me, I, I see both I've, I see both sides of what you're saying because I've been the 24, 25 year old out there out there in the out there in the game playing, you know, putting in a good shift. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've I've also I've also been I've also been the guy that's like right now now I'm past. 30 sometimes I'm like right I, I, I'll go celibate for 90 days just mm. to make the podcast go mm. further because I know what I, yeah. I know what I need there's a lot of power in that and I, mate, I, that, that's kind of that's kind of me and people think are you crazy aren't you I'm like nah because that energy even texting is fucking is draining like at some points if you if you, if you want to achieve something so what, what's your thoughts on that you are right well, you're definitely right on that Frankie I think yeah I, I don't think it's going to change as I get older because I'm operating with, a, with guys at the moment and speaking to guys at the moment that are having quite good relationships with women doing this, and they're older than me, and they found it later on in life. I'm very young to be doing this. Not many 24-year-olds do what I'm doing. And I think the main problem I've found is that the the women that I've been with are happier um, with a man that sees other women than, than a man who would be devoted to them. I think the women, personally my girlfriend, I see more attraction... I see more spark and flame and, and love from her because she knows 
I don't know what it is, but she knows I'm out there doing my thing. She knows I see other women. She knows I've got access to other women. And I think it keeps an element of that, um, it keeps an element of that spark there. And I actually think my my girlfriend enjoys it more than, than she would do if I was a, a loyal man. Uh, I actually don't think it's a, a negative to the relationship. I don't think you're being, I don't think you, it's about a loyalty thing because obviously you've clarified this. So it's not a loyalty thing because it's like, if, if that's an agreement between two parties of how that's going to operate, you're not being disloyal because you're being open and honest about it. So there's no lack of loyalty there because it's an agreement between two parties to we're going to operate our relationship like this. So I, I wouldn't even question your loyalty on it. I just want to understand from your point of view, as a man operating in that realm, as you're operating right now, what do you see? Do you, do you, do you see it, the psychology of the woman being harmed by that in any respect? Well, th- there's there's certain aspects to it because you have to make sure somebody's looked after when you're doing something like that to make sure that they feel your love still, um, because otherwise, that I think they would be harmed. They would feel abandoned, and, and and you can't be a guy that's going and falling in love with other girls. That's that's not on. And my girlfriend knows that. She sees that I don't fall in love with other girls, and a large part of that is because I met her before I did YouTube or had anything. So we had a very deep, uh, quite a deep bond and connection, and she's shown law to me, loyalty to me time and time again. Um, and, and and we do it together sometimes we'll go meet other girls together and she knows I'm not the kind of guy that's going to fall in love with the first girl that that that, that comes across me so um, she she's quite comfortable I think and would prefer that I was just honest compared to showering my emotions and I think d- doing it together can be can be quite important as well getting your girlfriend to find other girls for you and bring them into the relationship because they get a feeling of of sort of a little bit of feeling of control and, and and being included in it. One of my mates who's who's in ecom, he he messaged me, and he hasn't been on the podcast, so you can't guess the name. He, he messaged me. He said, "Frankie, I'm thinking about having a, a threesome with my missus. She wants to ha- she wants to have a threesome with another girl. She 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 instigated it." And I said, "Mate, by all means, go and do it. Like it's all good." But there's there's two things that I've noticed with that narrative. One. Threesomes can be fucking overrated. And two, is it going to damage your revenue numbers? Because to me, because me, because because I want to know, I want to know if my revenue number is going to go down. I don't like fuck the threesome, like because like you don't know say the revenue numbers at, at, at his time of life yeah. with what he's doing. I think he's better suited because he's got a good exit coming on the back end of this business, right? And I'm like I say, I'm going on thirty five. I see things different now. If I was twenty five bull running down the fucking hill i'll be running down the hill right but at the top of the hill when you when you get to this kind of you're thinking about different things and i'm like yeah. revenue numbers mate keep <laughs> revenue and she and this is this is she wants to spice it up yeah so so i've, I've noticed a lot of this with with my very successful network that i've got where they're where they're where they're where their women want to bring other women into the relationship so so i actually understand what you're saying because I see it happen time and time again. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but... I think revenue numbers need to be protected at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've certainly done things in the past that have not protected revenue numbers. And uh, I think a, a large part for me is, is coming back to that, I, I could die at any moment and I, I will have my fun and I will do these things. And, and for me, I do think it, it, it spices up a relationship. I would, I would much rather me do it and bring girls into the relationship and, and lead. I think it's very important to be a leader yeah. as a man, uh, to lead a proper relationship, to have a correct dynamic. For me personally, 
it, because there's the whole thing of the masculine and the feminine. Some guys are, are, are more feminine and they might suit a more uh, masculine woman. It doesn't mean just because a guy's feminine, a woman's masculine, they can't be together. That's actually quite good. You just have to have the sort of polar opposites of each other. And for a masculine man, I consider myself quite a masculine guy. I need a very feminine woman. So I, I need to lead and I need a woman that's feminine and, and, and wants to serve, basically. And that's very important to look for and often something that can be Serving what like though? Serve as like a as like a, a as a good personality as a whole person, or are you talking about yeah. serving go and get me the go No, and get me. to to protect your soul. Yeah. You, you need a woman that is gonna pray for you. You need a woman that, that you, you mean everything to. You're you're her guiding star. You're you're essentially the, the main figure in her life to, to teach her and, and show her how the world works. So does that mean in 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 essence then, and obviously you would date a younger woman? To, 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 to make sure that that happens with, with an age gap, I suppose. I don't, I don't think it, it necessarily needs to be younger. The dynamic works a lot better if, it's, if, if they are younger than you. Um, but I don't think it 100% needs to be. A woman can be incredibly feminine as she gets older and, and more masculine when she, she's younger. If you're talking the traditional sort of blueprint of what you should look for in a, in a wife or a partner or a woman you're going to have children with, biologically you'd want somebody younger because you're going to have a better chance of bearing children and all that sort of stuff. And obviously if you want to imprint on somebody your life view and have somebody follow you and be a leader it's a lot easier if someone's young and they don't already have perceptions in their mind of how the world works and especially with western women if you find an an older western woman and, and certainly not all of them but they've been indoctrinated by heavily indoctrinated by a society that i don't think has our best interests at heart definitely and, doesn't and you've got a lot of you've got a lot of brainwashing to undo with, with that woman you come out to Thailand and other parts of the world and a lot of that's been missed. There hasn't been this total corruption of their minds because of their, they've got less access to this type of media. So you, you could have an older woman from Thailand, for example, that is still very, very feminine and very, very willing to l- allow you to lead. Um, but that's where it mainly comes down to, obviously. if you, I would always suggest a guy dates down because our, our sexual market value happens at different times. Yep. Me at 35, I'll be at peak sexual market value and a girl at 22 would be at peak sexual market value and they just happen at different times in life for a, for a guy and a woman so they're obviously going to be on different time frames she's our most beautiful and and ready to bear children young and i'm my most stable and and able to protect and provide a little bit older so that very, that dynamic very much makes sense but it doesn't it's not 100 percent yeah i think I, th- I think you're right in terms of like marketplace value a man between like 33 and 40 is in is in the prime of his life if he if he's kept himself in shape if he's kept his test testosterone yeah. high and he and you know what i mean and he's got his affairs in order and he's got stability then he can provide so someone like that is perfectly aged and capable to date a 26 year old woman 27 year old woman who's who's retired from her fucking career as a party club girl you exactly. know what i mean because you need because you need them to get you can't you couldn't you couldn't you can't you can't date a woman that's still in that kind of level of the game and mentality in terms right. of what they want to do and how they want to move you know and that's something that i mean you I'm, certainly can't do that there's a there's there's a lot of there's a lot of red flags that i, I mean one, one person that we both know that that kind of operates this kind of lifestyle successfully from the outside looking in yeah. is iman iman yeah. iman gazi he, he he you know turns over now probably about 65 million a year d- doing it at top level and he operates like this he has you know one 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 girlfriend type woman yep. in his life and then multiple other women that 
whatever, whatever, however he moves. Yeah, and I, I spoke to Iman about this, and uh, we're very much on the same wavelength in in that regard. I think it's important because, uh, and also as you and for him, he's had massive, massive success, and he's got a girlfriend that was, I think, with him before that success, and it's the same for me, and that's important because you you know you've dodged anyone who was either a clout chaser or chasing money. You're with someone who was with you for you at the start. And that's incredibly important, I think, to hold on to that. Do you think then you have to almost have start having some success before you can start calling shots on whether you bring other women into relationships? Type. I had had no success when I started doing that. But this is how I framed it, was um, I love you. I think we could have a good relationship together. And this was very early on. I think we could. I think we've got a great connection. I think we could. I want to tell you something. That's the fact that I'm not a monogamous guy. I'm, I'm going to want to see other women. But I can tell you that I will tell you about it and I'll be loyal to you. And, and we just built it up over time. And uh, I said it from the very start. And I said, look, if you're not okay with that, you're, you're very welcome to leave and we can be friends or whatever. But I just, I don't want to date you any further because I don't want to hurt you. And, uh, and she said, you know what? No, I appreciate you telling me and, and I'll be all right with that. I'll try and learn that. And, and that came before I could, I could call any shots. I didn't have anything. Um, that, that was just open honesty. And it, and it worked. It, it, it's mad because I, I, I've not had this type of conversation on the podcast before, especially, especially with a man at 24, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I mean, even me and Iman didn't really touch on this when we, when we sat down and did a podcast. Um, I should have really touched upon this with him because he, he obviously has been doing this for, for a long time too. But I think it's something that we have to bring out and bring out into the open because it's rife as as in successful young men these days that this is how they want to move yeah this is how the majority of success, uh, successful young men are moving and if they're not already moving like this this is how they want to move uh, from pretty much everyone i've spoken to and and whether or not you can pull that off and your intentions are right I, I don't know but a lot of the guys i speak to seem to be doing very very well with it and be very happy and i've met um many of their girlfriends and they're very loyal and seem very very happy with the situation that they're in so i think it's Seems taboo, but seems seems to work. What's just switching it up? What do you think is the staple things then that men have to get right in order to um, raise their testosterone levels the way that you've done it? Because I, I know you went, I know you touched on a few of these points before, yeah. but I really want to get in in this podcast the real actionable value of them so they can go and raise their test just by yeah, listening yeah. to this. I'll, I'll give you the protocol. So the first thing you want to do: check your test levels. Because you want to make sure they're in a healthy range. And if they're not, you need to boost them. So a healthy range, I personally think most men, if you're between 20 and 30, you should be over 700 nanograms per deciliter of testosterone. And that's actually split down into free and total testosterone. There's a formula you need to use. You want to have free testosterone. Your total testosterone doesn't matter as much. You need more free testosterone. Uh, but you need to check those levels and talk to a doctor and, and, and ask. And, and whatever the doctor says, because this is one thing that's very worrying about the West, whatever the doctor says, just increase it, the next few brackets. Whatever he says is normal, go about three ahead of that, because that's not normal. The, the, they're bringing all the, the, the categories down to fit men into them in the modern day. So what was normal 50 years ago would be double what's normal today. Right. And they're just bringing it down because they're seeing the majority of people's testosterone fall. So it is normal. It is the majorities are falling, but that's not necessarily right. And that, that's led to, I think, a, what's coming up is a, a generation of men that are quite weak. 
and don't have the power and the mindset that that's the main thing testosterone affects your mind your ability to take risk and there's a lot of men that are worried about that so first things first get them checked make sure you're in a good range if you're not 10,000 I use per day vitamin d if you're living in a western country if you are working in an office you're not getting enough sunlight even me living in Thailand, I'm still taking 10,000 IUs vitamin D. People will say that's too much. I've never had any negative side effects. I know guys that have taken a lot more than that. Um, and then you've got cod liver oil, fermented cod liver oil. Take that morning and night. And butter oil, you can take that morning and night as well. And the reason you do that is because you need these fats. You need the healthy fats um, inside of you to basically make sure that your body is producing testosterone. Cholesterol in eggs. Have eggs before bed and nuts, Brazil nuts before bed. If you do that and you get eight hours sleep and you start lifting heavy in the gym, your testosterone will, will go through the roof. And, and I eat a lot of red meat, and that's basically it. So, and how are you obviously eating throughout the day? Do you, are you, do you just do like this three meals a day? Are you, like how are you eating to keep yourself in, in prime shape? I, I'd normally eat in the afternoons or the evenings. So what, over two meals or one? Because some people normally eat one two. big meal. Yeah, I normally have two meals, eat about lunchtime, maybe one, one o'clock, and then eat again about six o'clock. And I'll have big steak both times, big steak, some eggs, um, lots of rice, that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's good for me. That's that's sort of how I operate. I only normally eat red meat now and I feel a lot, lot better. I noticed as well, you'd moved your protocol of training at one point in time to three full body workouts a week. Yeah. And you had one day's rest in between. Um, Why did you decide to do that? Well, I was actually overtraining before. So a lot of guys, they can get really into the gym, they start training every day, and then they're overtraining, so that will destroy your testosterone levels as well. That will bring your test levels down uh, because you're creating stress inside your body. You're not creating an environment where your body can heal. So for me, I built most of my size when I was first started lifting by doing the three days a week. And the reason you do that is so you get adequate rest and recovery for your testosterone levels to rebound, to have less stress on your nervous system. And, and it worked very well for me. You pack on a lot of muscle during that. So are you still training three days a week now? No, at the moment, I because I'm traveling and I'm going from place to place, my full body workouts would be very stressful, very hard. And rather than get those big sessions in, I just choose to train every day lighter. And I'll do a different body part or just train chest or just train legs. But I want to go in the gym every day, kind of for my head as well just to make sure that I'm in there. I'm not pushing it too hard, but I've got some movement in for the day. I'm feeling pumped. That makes me feel good. Uh, so when I'm in like hotel gyms and I'm traveling around, I tend to train daily because the sessions aren't as heavy. And then when I get back to a normal gym, I'll do three days a week full body and absolutely beast it. And then use those rest days in the sun in Thailand, relaxing, having good food and, and growing because you need to tear, repair. You need to tear the muscles in your body and then rebuild them get bigger how have you noticed the money in your life change and the business change by getting your body in the shape this in i think everything for me has started from that my first business was about that my first big connection that took me to youtube only came because i was in good shape because if you want to do something for your life to prove to everyone that you're a consistent guy and you look after yourself then get in shape and anyone can see it and, and if you have an impressive physique, people will see it and they'll notice it and they want it. It's one thing you can't buy. If, if a man with a lot of money sees you and, and you are in incredible shape and he, he's got all the money in the world, he, he cannot buy your physique. He might be able to buy certain aspects or implants, whatever. It's not real. 
So it's one of those things money can't buy. You had to put in the sweat, the blood, sweat and tears at some point along the road. And I think any man who's not too self-conscious of himself will respect that. Um, so it will help you massively in getting respect in everything you do. Because if I met a guy and he's, he's really fat, I just think he doesn't, he doesn't care about himself. He doesn't value himself. Yeah, he doesn't value himself. He doesn't want to look after his body. And if he can't value himself... I can't do business with him because he's probably not going to value me. He's, he's got, he, he, I would say when I see somebody who's massively overweight, I say there's a fundamental issue uh, with something in your life or your brain that needs to be sorted out before you do anything else because that, that, that seems, that's a problem. What about, because obviously in, in, in Dubai, we see a lot of people that are <clears throat> crypto bros, econ bros have made a lot of money that aren't in shape. There's a lot of those that are, that are, that are cashed up to the hilt, you know, um, they might even have used their money to and and flash money about to to get certain value of women. Yeah. So what what does that say about them? I think the thing for for them and well done, you've made made some money, but it's uh it's just one of the buckets. That's all it is. Money's just one of the buckets, and for a man, you have many. Um, my friend, first man, another YouTuber, talks about the straight seven system. Uh, seven different buckets need sevens across the board. You're not looking to be a 10 on money and a 1 on physique. You're looking to be consistent 7s in relationships, friendships, networking, business, fighting, combat, and all that stuff. You should be a 7 across the board. That, that's part of becoming a man is, is honing your skills like a video game character across, across the board. So I would say to anyone that's made a lot of money in crypto but is not in shape yet, you need to take your money and, and, and push yourself to go and do hard, physical hardship. And that will mentally strengthen you as well. Like sign up for a fight. Do your first fight. Do an amateur fight. Go and get in the gym. Get a trainer. Go to army boot camps. Go to masterminds. Like we're doing a, we'll be running a mastermind for the new elite, uh, for our members inside, where we're going to put guys through sort of military training, operations training, business training, uh, social skills, all that sort of stuff. The stuff that guys don't get taught in their life we'll get together a group of us and we'll go through some of that and we'll do Muay Thai and we'll have two teams and we'll fight against each other and we'll, we'll build that aspect that brotherhood um, together so I think if you haven't got it but you've got money you're in a great place because you can spend and you can get these experiences but you need them you certainly need them you won't be fulfilled as a man I was um, I was in the gym just boxing gym down the road here sparring the other night getting smacked in the face it, it just changes your life. It does. It, 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 it helps you realise something deep within yourself that you cannot realise. You ha- As a man, you have to be able to punch another man in the fucking mouth. Like, you have to be able to do that. I'm not saying go and do that. I'm saying you have to be able to do it. Because, you, because there, there, there comes a time when you're going to have to defend your mum, defend your sister, defend your honour, or defend your girlfriend or your, or your, or your wife. It's gonna come a time, or defend your, or defend your your child, your child. Like you, you, you gotta, you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to at least be able to throw one, and it's gotta be if you're orthodox, a left jab, not a right hand. Yeah, like do you know what I mean? Yeah, got, <laughs> yeah. It's people, to, you know, you, you've got to be able to hit hard and fast. Otherwise, you you'll get hit hard and fast, and it will change your life. That that's what made me box from young, and this will happen to you. I, I meet guys, and they say, oh, "I don't need to know combat. I'm a peaceful guy." And there is no being a peaceful guy without the without violence. You have nothing to back up your peace. You are a victim to what anyone else who's more powerful than you, what their mindset is and their their way of life. So you can say you're peaceful, but we don't live in a 
in a totally peaceful peaceful world. world. Yeah. So you need to have the ability to protect yourself. And that happened for me when I was 16. I was outside a pub. I kicked someone's glass over um, walking out of the pub. And I was drunk as I was a young guy and I was drunk. So I said, he asked me why I'd done it or shouted at me and I shouted back at him. And before I knew it, I was just being beaten up, just getting pounded on by three guys. And but for, for that's England though, to be yeah, fair. That's fucking England for a decent amount of time. And that was my first ever real beating. And I was, uh, I was, I was still pretty crazy as well because they, my mate broke it up. And then one of them came over to check if I was all right because I was only young. And these are older guys, me, 28, 29. And uh, I headbutted one of them in the face after after they came over to say if I was all right. And then I just ended up getting absolutely pummeled. I got completely smashed up and. Although it's kind of jokey, I was a bit crazy and I was drunk. I do remember a feeling, the second beating, of thinking, I'm fucked here. Like, if if somebody doesn't break this up, I'm done. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm totally helpless. I can't protect myself. There's nothing I can do. I can't fight properly. And it was that feeling of helplessness that you will get at some point in your life if you don't choose to train. So You have to be prepared. Yeah. At some point, if you decide you're not going to train and do boxing or whatever and you you don't need it, There'll be a point just like that in your life where you feel totally helpless and you get beat on. Do you, do you know? Do you know why I go? Do you know why I train boxing like four, five days a week, every week of my life? Do you know why? So that I can say what the fuck I want. Because in life, I I like to have an opinion, right? I cannot have an opinion if I cannot move my if I don't have good head movement and I don't and I can't throw a jab. Yeah. You cannot have an opinion in the world because someone's going to say I don't agree with your opinion and they're going to swing one at me mm. at some point in time because they might have a trigger from their past that makes them trigger. They're not even in the mood with me. They're just triggered by something that I said that was fair and well. Mm. But they could throw one. And it sounds, sounds silly, but, but literally I just go there because it's, it's meditation. And if you, you need to be able to just at least, you're not, you're not training, for, training to go to war, but like you've got to understand that men, our, our, you know, a bit older than our dads, were at war at D-Day, invading a beach in normandy like they were they were they were at gallipoli do you know what i mean like they, they, they were they were, fight, they, were fight, they were fighting they were in, they were doing national service and and if we don't do at least boxing as a bare, yeah. boxing is a bare minimum requirement of being a man like in my opinion boxing jiu-jitsu this that, and the other yeah. like they're you got to, you got a man's got to do some form of combat sport pick one boxing oh. jiu-jitsu don't you know, you need something. Yeah. What else are you going to do? It gives you a huge amount of confidence as well in, in yourself. You, you feel like a new man and, and you actually, you become a different type of person when you can handle yourself because you, you, you become a lot calmer. You actually don't search and seek for fights or any of that sort of stuff. Get, you get in less trouble yeah. and let you get less drama in your life because it's not about going out and you don't, there's not, there's not, a, and I know a lot of professional boxers and a lot of top amateurs there's not one of them that I know, unless he's done something stupid like had beer or, or drugs in his system, that goes out and starts fights with anybody. Cause no. be, because you are humbled that many times in a boxing gym at a, at a velocity that I can't even, that you, no one else can comprehend unless you've been in one. Because like, when you've been smacked in the mouth at that level in a boxing gym and humbled, put on your ass, and everyone that says, oh, I've never been on the, on the canvas. Yeah. I don't believe so. If you start no. at eight years old and you get to 32 and you say, I've never been down the camera. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, 
the first, the first ten year old that hit you at eight yeah. would have would have would have would have stuck one under your floating rib and you'd have ended up on your back. Like yeah. there's no there's no chance about it. You, you have to be humbled like that. We've all taken our first body shot, that's for sure. We've all taken our first shot for the liver and that's a crazy feeling. And a lot of it's actually just knowing what you can take. I remember my first taking my first liver shot and just being down, just just oh god, I'm dead, I'm I'm a dead man. I just thought I was utterly broken. I thought there was something seriously wrong with me. And then after a while you realise, oh, I can take a lot. I take a hell of a lot of punishment. I can get hit terribly and, and it's actually my mind that was stopping me getting back up. And you start to take body shots and you and you grimace and you take them and you become tough and you realise you can take a punch. The beauty I find with boxing and the reason why I, I, I love it as a fundamental and I believe all women and all men should do it, not just men, I think all women should do it too, is because it's a thinking man's game. You got it's a thought process. It's a fucking art. It's an art. It's not even about throwing punches. It's about your footwork. It's about movement. Like the other day, right when I was when I was sparring this kid in the gym, right this 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 kid in the gym, he he was he was he was new. He's only been doing it for like a year, so I could have took his chin off. Well, what am I going to gain by doing that? So I just practice defense. I let him come at me, and I'm just moving my head and moving this and the other. You know, let him catch me with a few shots, catch a few on the other, because that's the art. It's not, it's not a disrespectful, not a disrespectful thing. That's why I think everyone, and I think in business, if you want to level up your your money and your and everything you're doing in your business, boxing is the best thing. And that's why when you look at Iman, what's Iman come back to? He was doing cross training and all this shit all the, for years and years, workouts, weights, all these bollocks. What's he gone back to? He's boxing five, six days a week. Like an animal, and 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 it's for that exact reason because you don't feel whole without it. You can have everything else, you can have the physique, but if you don't feel like you can protect yourself, there'll always be something missing inside. And I, I love what you actually brought up earlier because I've been looking into the history of like um, the the Spartan three hundred and World War Two and World War One and how fear and overcoming fear builds men, and how it's so vitally important but so massively missed out in society so we didn't get the opportunity not that we wanted it yeah but our forefathers got shot at right and you learn a lot about yourself i presume when you get shot at we didn't we didn't get the opportunity right but what we did have the opportunity of doing is we had the opportunity to stand there while another grown man who's fucking technically gifted threw punches at our face yeah right and you learn a lot about yourself when you're trying to fucking learn that as well like so th- we can't we we can't we can't change the fact that me and you haven't had to fight a war yeah but we've been in a few in some gyms around around the uk yeah and had to take some lever in our face yeah. at certain points and been like do you know what that doesn't feel good i remember i was uh, there's a middleweight in the uk called marcello render right from peterborough he is known as one of the hardest punches at middleweight at the time i sparred him countless times but i spied him spied him one day he hit me so fucking hard i can still feel it now <laughs> like, do you know what i mean so, so and it, that's the level of respect that you get from this because i never in my life want to feel that again yeah you know yeah you don't you don't want that too often they kick me about in thailand that's for sure yeah kick so, me in the head all this crazy stuff but if you had any advice for the women that, that might have got to this point in this yeah, podcast. Yeah, if there's any women still watching, congrats. Any, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, you've <laughs> yeah. gone through the testosterone stage. Yeah. You've, gone, yeah. you've, you've gone through all your triggers on on, on Jack saying that he wants to date 16 women. Yeah. So so you're still here. What, what's, your, what's your advice from um, 
yeah to women listening to this and and how they can improve themselves and 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 push themselves forward well i think you've got to decide as a woman what you want and if that's a family and children that's the number one thing for you then you need to become somebody that would make a fantastic mother and a fantastic wife to someone or a fantastic partner and a large part of that is is i think for women healing a lot of your trauma I think a man can help you do that. I think most women will have some trauma, some issues around their father that stops them opening up to a man and can be the root cause of a lot of the issues they have in relationships. So making sure you're healed and making sure you're not out too much because you want the man that eventually loves you and marries you, makes an honest woman of you to respect you. So don't don't do too many things now that, that would put that in jeopardy in the future. And if you're a woman that's maybe more masculine and you're you want a career... I would say, do as any any man would. Do you th- do you think they have to be masculine to want a career? Then, or I think it's very I think it's very much more likely for them to want a career if they are a more masculine type of woman. And right. I don't I don't mean that in like a any sort of sort of like a butch way or anything. Be very sort of beautiful and and good looking women that are more masculine in their in their essence. But the feminine is protective. It is it is the feminine is the she is the maker of life and she protects the soul of her man. She is not particularly interested in, and feminine women will know this, she's not particularly interested in making a business. And even if she made some money, she would just want to make enough so that she could live and focus on other things like love. Her her number one thing in her life will be love. She w- wants to feel love and a family and a unit. That will be the thing that drives her. And for a, a woman that has more of a masculine essence, your drives will be similar to a man. You, you want freedom and, and you want to conquer and uh, you'll feel that inside yourself. And I think for any woman that feels that way, there's nothing wrong with that at all. You can absolutely go after that, and you would do so in the same way I would recommend any man does. Get yourself in shape, self-educate, get around the right people, and work really hard. Uh, But for feminine women especially, I'd say if you do feel like love and relationship is one thing you want, start to to heal yourself and... Um, but become emotionally available and, and, and also know what to look for in a guy. Start learning and researching what makes a good man. What, what should women look for in a man? I think in a man, you've got to look for someone who's honest. That's number one. You've got to be able to trust him because you're putting a lot of trust in him. He's going to provide for you and protect your family. You need somebody who is courageous, somebody who's gone out and done what they wanted to do in their life, probably an older man um, that has gone and done things in his life. He has receipts. He's shown that he's capable, somebody that can physically protect you. I'd never date, if I was a young woman who wants a family, I would never date a man who's out of shape. And if he starts to get out of shape, you've got to have a word with him very quickly because that's a, that's a bad path. He should have all of that stuff locked down. And you need somebody that is stoic. You cannot be with a man that is massively emotional. Uh, you need a man that is, is going to protect you and and look after your family and not let emotions get in the way and... I think they're some of the main things you you should look for in a man, um, and just that he's honest with you from the start. I want to add to that. I think you should be look for a man that um, has done the work to answer his shadows, because all men have shadows that need to be answered in order to be a good man for a woman, and that may involve him at certain points. Even though he might be stoic for ninety percent of the time, that may involve him having to process some emotions that that might make him look weak at times, but. He needs to process that in order to be able to be whole to you and to be wholly available to you so that to give you what you need. 
that's 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 kind of the essence that I think. That's very interesting for me. Any of the shadow work and and working through those parts of personality for me, I think you should look for a man with a, a good network of men, men that are like him, righteous men that that group together, uh, because he's got brothers that he can go through those shadows with. Whether that means occasionally he goes out with them and they get absolutely blasted and they can talk emotions with each other and and they can really open up. But I think a lot of that work should be done. Uh, with your friends I think a lot of the time that, well, that work should be done with your, with your friends that's what I personally choose to do I try and keep any of that stuff away from my from my partner I prefer to work through the darker parts of my personality with uh, with other men a lot of the shifts that I've had are with male <coughs> coaches obviously one of, one of my one of my prime examples of this is I did a lot of breath work with a guy called Coach Hollow which is Lino and um, there's there's been times when I've been on the floor crying out emotions in front of Lino. Um, and I don't feel ashamed to say that on here because if I hadn't have processed those emotions, this podcast wouldn't be where it is right now. The people's whose life changed on the back of this wouldn't be there right now. I wouldn't be as whole as I am right now without doing that work. So you need, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that the work probably does need to be done, but with a very uh, understanding and a guide. You need a guide. Yeah, You need a guide. Every every man needs a guide, and you're guided by your father to a certain point. And then there's indoctrinations that your father's probably had that that you probably shouldn't be around and pick up on. So you have to go to find other guides in life, and it's your job as a man to find the the, the guides that you need to get you to the point and to heal the shadows that you sh- that you do, so that you can be ultimately this good this good honourable man yeah. to this right woman that you meet, and energetically as a man the women you attract will tell you a lot about how healed you are because you will only if if you're whole respect yourself you'll only attract a certain level of elegant woman in your life there's 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 no doubt about it as i've elevated every fucking bit of work that i do and every time i step up the game and elevate the the level changes in terms of what's attracted to you and what what you can energetically repel by doing the work too because you just won't, you just won't fucking align. Like there's not, there's not a chance in a month for Sundays that I'm not going to date certain types of women because even though I would have found them fucking hot, like mm. even 12 months ago, there's no fucking chance because I'm like, nah, that doesn't fucking align with my values and I will not compromise. That's very important for, for young men to, to get in their heads is that you need to be a guy that will, that has some values that he aligns with for starters that actually knows what he wants so you can start saying no because a, a bad woman and a bad man for a woman can uh, can completely ruin your life. I want that for every woman that listens to this podcast too. I want them to set the boundaries that say, do you know what? I will not put a price on my body. I will not do OnlyFans and, and sell it because even though, even though, yes, I'm making 80 grand a month, what I'm exchanging for 80 grand a month, it costs me stuff at a soul level that you, yeah. that I can't even fucking compromise <clears throat> and, and put into context and the values you have to exchange for that money. You're dancing with the devil essentially in your value, in your value metric. If you're doing that kind of work, I'm not judging you for it. All I'm saying is that work that you're doing and you thinking that you're just doing that for money, that is a fucking lie. You're doing that because there's trauma within your body that's stored at a cellular level that you've not fucking answered yet. And if you answered it, you step away from it. And the reason I know this is because I had a girl on the podcast, then she stepped into OnlyFans. Then then I, I literally had a word of her like two two 
four weeks ago. She's she's completely fucking out of that game. The content's all gone. Like everything, uh, the way she moves has changed, and the way you should see the weight lifted off her fucking shoulders as a woman because she's not tr- in this soulless thing. Because she actually healed the actual traumas rather than dealing with, you know, dancing with the devil. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because I think a lot of the reasons why women are dr- uh, driven to do that stuff is a lack of strong men, a lack of strong guidance and strong men to look after them. But a lot of women, they don't have a choice. And it's a topic that's quite close to my heart because in Thailand, there's there's you obviously see a lot of prostitution and, and things like that with, with beautiful women that are still feminine. And, and it, it does break my heart a little bit to see because... You know these women probably wouldn't have ended up there if they'd had someone strong to guide them. No woman wants to end up doing that. Uh, it's one of the biggest drivers, I think, for for me and my content to tell men to be strong so that, that women have men to guide them and, and rather than damage them, which 90% of relationships end up with someone getting damaged and having some trauma, you're healing people and you're making the world a better place. And But I do think, though, a lot of the damage that you receive are things that need to be answered to treat like if you don't answer the lessons that you've been given you'll get the same lesson twice yeah right so so a, a lot of people that say they've been damaged they just keep attaching themselves to the damage rather than attaching themselves to the fucking lesson that you meant to learn from from the from the damage you know yeah. what i'm saying so it, it it's how how you frame it is everything in 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 every part of your life but Look, we've we've dropped we've dropped into many topics today, and I hope a lot of you have got some real actionable value in. In look, there's going to be things in here. Some things you you agree with, some things you don't. This podcast is one of these ones where you just pick up and use what you want to use, and you let go without judgment of things that you don't want to use. I want you to get that clear to you before I say this. But if there's one piece of advice, Jack, that if you had to check out the world tomorrow, and you can't leave the courses you can't leave anything else but you could just leave one piece of wisdom that is going to move both the men and the women of this audience forward in their life in every aspect from this moment today if they implement it what would it be act now and the guidance will come act now and the guidance will come so it's probably the largest thing that's attributed to any success in my life is is just getting the work done imperfect action over no action at all just get started so many people talk go and do something now if you've got a dream if you've had any sort of inspiration that we've dropped in this podcast and you think maybe something you want to change in your life just go and make a make a step right now and get start to get something done do one thing and just set the wheels in motion that momentum's real and the guidance will come and you will be shown the path but you will not be shown the path and you will not be helped until you do the work when you're scared that'll be my my piece of advice i love it i love it and guys like i said to you the the things that some of the topics that me and Jack have talked over in this podcast, some of them might trigger you. And I and I hope some of them actually have because what that trigger allows you to do is it allows you to show you where you're not free. And by learning where you're not free, you can then do the work to free yourself from anything. You know what I'm saying? And the sooner we as a we as a as as a race of people start to understand that someone else can have an opinion on something and how something's done and we don't need to get triggered by it. The sooner we can start establishing that on a podcast level and international level, the better it's going to be for everybody. I hope you've got a mad amount of value. Share this on all your socials. Put it in, put it in the lads WhatsApp group. Put it in the girls WhatsApp group. Much love. That's Jack Hopkins. Let's go. Guys, do me a solid favor. Drop a comment below this video and let us know who you want on the podcast next.